Back to the winning ways they go, do the Vegas Golden Knights. A 6-2 dominant victory over the Calgary Flames on Saturday. Mark Stone continues his hot start to the season. Vegas nearly avoids disaster again in the second period. And now we look ahead to Sunday's matchup, the second half of the back-to-back against the Los Angeles Kings. Welcome back, everybody, to Lockdown Golden Knights. It's a bonus episode. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Golden Knights, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It is Sunday. Happy Sunday to all of you. Uh, normally, we wouldn't be doing a Sunday podcast. and Normally, we would be coming back to you on Monday. But alas, the Vegas Golden Knights are in the midst of a back-to-back uh, game on Saturday, game on Sunday. So usually you know what that means. Even if there's a game on Saturday, we usually need to bring it to you and talk about it. And it's a good one to talk about because the Golden Knights played a much better game, a much different game than what we saw for the past two where they lost to Boston on Tuesday and Arizona on Thursday. So thank you all for tuning in. I know football is usually on the front on the front end of everybody's uh, day. But hopefully you're making some time to listen to this and getting your getting you ready for the Los Angeles Kings coming up later tonight. So thank you all for tuning in. I am your host, Danny Webster, Vegas correspondent for NHL.com, site manager for SB Nation's Nights on Ice. So happy Sunday to all of you. Uh, usual call to action when we get started here. Uh, please, if you are not already subscribed to the podcast, please feel free to do so. We are on Apple, we are on Spotify, we are on Google Podcasts, we are on Stitcher. Wherever you get your podcast from, we are more than likely on there. So please make sure that you uh, hit that subscribe button, hit the download button, whatever button it is that you feel like pressing in order to help this podcast out. All of it is in good, uh, good support and we appreciate that. Uh, so make sure to also leave us a review if you are on Apple Podcasts and just want to uh, shoot the breeze on what you want to hear from this podcast, what uh, let's have a content you want to see, what you think about the podcast in general, what you think of me as a host, whatever the case may be, uh, please leave a review, please leave a rating. Any and everything is always welcome. Uh, make sure to also be following us on Twitter uh, at LockedOnVGK, all one word, LockedOnVGK. You can also find me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. So you can uh, reach out to me and discuss the podcast there if you don't feel like leaving the review. Or you can also email us, LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com. Just Make sure that uh, you send nice messages and don't send any evil, hateful things like you don't like puppies or kittens or anything like that. So uh, please feel free to reach out if you want to hear or see any hear or see anything on the pod, whatever the case may be. 
any and all suggestions are welcome, and we appreciate it. And I appreciate you, especially if this is your first time listening and you've just stumbled upon this podcast. Uh, please uh, consider subscribing. We're giving you the daily dose of what's going on with the Vegas Golden Knights Usually Monday through Friday, but like I said, we have a game. We had a game on Saturday that we need to discuss, so we're giving it to you on the Sunday. And for the Vegas Golden Knights, a much-needed victory over the Calgary Flames Saturday night at T-Mobile Arena after really an uninspiring 110 minutes of hockey Oh, on Tuesday and Thursday, where they were been they had been outscored eight to two at the hands of the Boston Bruins and the Arizona Coyotes, the Golden Knights came back home and responded in a dominant way, six to two against the Calgary Flames. Vegas moves to three and two on the season. They move to, if I can do the math, three and one in the division with the Los Angeles Kings coming up at the second half of a back-to-back, second game of a back-to-back, or as I like to call it, the Sega Baba. The uh, the Kings will be awaiting the Golden Knights later today at Staples Center, and we will break that game down for our usual daily podcast on Monday. But back to the game at hand for the Golden Knights, uh, a much-needed effort and a much um, a very well done performance at the hands of the Golden Knights. Things got off to a solid start. They played well. The four checking was great. And we also saw really for the first time in this short season, the fourth line woke up and they made a huge impact. Tomas Nosek started the scoring 324 of the first period. Uh, put in a rebound off an initial shot from William Carrier, which we will get to in a little bit. Uh, Carrier's shot was saved by David Riddick, and Nosek was there to clean up the rebound and put Vegas up 1-0 in the first three and a half minutes of the game. After that, really nothing was uh, noticeable on the offensive end for really either team. Um, Vegas... Vegas and uh, Calgary pretty much played an even game in the first period. Shots were 9-9 apiece, and nothing really was uh, standing out until we get to the second period where the goals were aplenty. Rasmus Anderson scores at 4-0-2 of the second period. Calgary ties the game at 1. And then 33 seconds later, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Johnny Gaudreau, uh, at first, I thought it was uh, the goal would go to Elias Lindholm, but the official scoring gave it to Johnny Gaudreau. Somehow, I'm I haven't checked the, that replay yet, but I'm kind of surprised that uh, Lindholm did not get credit with the goal. Elias Gaudreau has his third goal of the season at 4:35, and all of a sudden, the Flames are up two to one, and flashbacks of Boston on Tuesday start creeping up in the minds of the 18,000 plus that were in attendance for this game on Saturday. But Vegas instead does not fold. They come roaring back, and it starts with Mark Stone getting his second point of the night, his third goal of the season at 6.44 of the second period to tie the game at 2-2. That goal gives Stone four multi-point games in five games to start the season, which is absolutely 
fantastic for a guy that you just committed nearly $10 million for for the next uh, eight seasons. So not not a bad start for uh, number 61. Little more than three minutes later, William Carrier off a great feed from William Carlson behind the net. Uh, Carrier with the backhand puts Vegas up 3-2 to two at 9.54. Carrier gets his second point of the night. It is his first multi-point game in the NHL. So pretty, pretty awesome moment for number 28. And he has, he was the one that was driving the uh, driving the engine on the fourth line. The forechecking was on point. Uh, they were crashing the net with a vengeance. They were trying to make life hard on David Riddick, and it was a needed performance by the fourth line after really a slow start out of the gates. Only a, only a couple points here and there, and outside of no second Carrier's goals in uh at san jose last week they really hadn't done much in the other games so to see those two wake up at five on five and play as well as they did was a welcoming sign and then paul stasny who spent the first four games of the season on the third line because cody glass or cody glass this, this is the problem when you have more than one cody cody eakin who made a season debut on saturday uh, was on the third line with Brandon Peary and Valentin Zikov and did not score a single point on that line. He gets moved back up to the top line with Stone and Pacioretty, and Stasny has his first goal of the new campaign at 17:26. And just like that, Vegas is up 4 nothing, Or 4 nothing. Good God. 4-2. You almost forget that those Calgary goals were even a thing. Uh, Vegas goes up four to two at seventeen twenty six, and then probably the highlight of the night went to Mark Andre Fleury. Mark Stone gets called for a delay of game penalty toward the end of the second period, and he launched the puck over the glass, and obviously can't do that, so he got called for a delay of game. It was at eighteen nineteen of the second period. So Calgary is going to get a power play that will take them at least to the end of the second period unless they can score earlier. And at 1918, Calgary had the chance. They were on the doorstep. They were getting into the blue area. And five shots, all within close range, starting from 1918 of the second period, Marc-Andre Fleury makes five saves in 32 seconds to keep the score 4-2. They end up killing that penalty, and then they kill that penalty going into the third. They only had about 19 seconds, I believe it was, in that penalty. And then in the third period, Ryan Reeves scores a goal, making officially every single line mate on the fourth line got a goal in that game with Reeves scoring unassisted at 447 to make it 5-2 and then Cody Glass with a I guess a fortuitous bounce off of Mark Giordano at 17-12 for the 6-2 final score. Mark Andre Fleury playing in his 803rd NHL game, tying for 15th most 15th most all-time 
had 33 saves on the night. David Riddick made 24 saves in his fifth consecutive start, but allowed all six goals. Calgary tried to put the pressure on in the second period. They outshot Vegas 17-10, to but obviously it doesn't matter how many shots you put in. It only counts if you can put them in the back of the net. And Vegas did that only with 10 shots in the second period. And total shots were 35-30 to in favor of Calgary. And after the game, Mark Stone really uh, felt that uh, the team played the way that it should be, should, that should have been playing after two losses in a row. Uh, we played angry. Um, we don't like losing two games in a row. We didn't play the way we normally play, and we had jumped right from the grid goal. Obviously, you're going to have lapses in the game, which happened in uh, the middle of the second, but uh, we didn't change anything. We just got back to BGK uh, hockey and uh, forced our way in for, for three goals to, to finish out the second. So a couple of notes to go through with this uh with his game that happened tonight, Max Pacioretty with another multi-point game, his second of the season with two assists. Uh, Stone, we already mentioned, he's off to a fantastic start with three goals and five assists in five games, proving he's one of the top, or he's probably one of the top scorers in the league right now, even though five games really shouldn't mean much. But again, you're paying a guy almost $10 million a year for the next eight years. You want him to produce. And no matter who has been centering that line, whether it be Glass, whether it be Stasny, uh, it's been working. And right now, um, Mark Stone is clearly, and without question, the best player on the Golden Knights, or the best forward on the Golden Knights as we speak. Uh, Carrier, with his first two-point night of his career, other points went to Nosek with the goal, Reeves with the goal. William Carlson picked up his fifth assist of the season on the uh, on the Carrier goal, John Merrill also had a point. Nicholas Haig recorded his first NHL point, getting a assist on the Glass goal in the third period. Glass did have that goal, which gave him his second of the season. Valentin Zikov with an assist, and Derek Englund with an assist to round out the Vegas scoring. As for Calgary. Uh, not much other than Monahan got an assist, Kachuk with an assist, Gaudreau with the goal, Mikhail Backlund with a assist, and Rasmus Anderson with the other goal. So all in all, again, a very good night for Vegas, a very much needed night for Vegas, who nearly avoided disaster in the second period because it once Gaudreau's goal went in and it was two to one, the the thought of what happened against Boston on Tuesday started to creep in. Just the fact that they were being so aggressive on the forecheck, they were the minute that Calgary tied it, that they got their legs back underneath them, and then the Gaudreau goal happens, and all of a sudden it seems like. Every bit of energy is taken out of the crowd. The Golden Knights are like, oh my God, here we go again. The sky is falling. Even though there's going to be 77 games left after this, the sky is falling. We can't beat anybody, this and the other thing. But then Vegas went back to doing what it does best, and that's play Vegas Golden Knights hockey, as Stone alluded to earlier. It's 
just the way that they play the little things. And it's, and yeah, a lot of it, there was a lot of puck luck tonight. Don't get me wrong. The Stasny goal uh, should have been stopped. The Stone goal, great individual effort off the rebound. So I'm not really going to, I'm not really going to point at that one too much. Uh, But the Stasny goal did trickle through. Um, The Reeves goal, you know, two Flames players collide. They fall down. Reeves gets the puck, fires it. Makes a great move to get enough of a uh, shooting lane on Riddick. And Riddick should have saved that one as well. Glass one, it's already out of the books, but, I mean, bounces off the reigning Norris Trophy winner and goes into the net. So Vegas got back to doing what it does best, which was be aggressive on the forecheck. And I think a lot of it had to do with Paul Stasny going back to the top line and them being the the stone Pacioretty Stasny line becoming the top line. They got the start today and they looked like they hadn't missed a beat. And that, that also tells you how much faith Gerard Gallant has in Cody Glass being on the wing. Uh, he did play on the wing with Cody Eakin's return. Cody Eakin played 13 minutes, registered one shot on goal, which, by the way, that one shot on goal was probably the hardest shot Cody Eakin ever took in his life. It was a hard one-time slap shot off a great feed from glass, no less, and somehow Riddick made the save. Um, but Vegas definitely benefited by having one of its top penalty killers back uh, 22 goals score from a year ago, and he definitely stabilized that third line. Not to say that Stasny couldn't do that because Stasny is a true professional, and the fact that he was willing to go to the third line to allow Cody Glass to have you know, as much success as he did on the line with Stone and Pacioretty you know, says a lot about the kind of player that Paul Stasny is. And He's really the epitome of someone that Vegas has always looked for, the no-ego, no-nonsense kind of guy that just makes a locker room better. And that went a long way in Glass's early development, and now that Glass has gotten a chance to play with that top-tier talent, he can now take what he's really learned in these first few games and go toward you know, trying to help Cody Eakin and at least for tonight, Valentin Zikov make that third line go. And they had a they had a fairly decent game, that third line did. Um, nothing too special. Again, the glass goal was really nothing that glass did. But glass, you know, made a couple good plays on the puck. The pass to Eakin that I mentioned earlier was fantastic. Glass also getting some power play time, which I've been yelling to the heavens if he stays on the roster, you need to get him on the power play. And the first power play that Vegas had uh, with throwing the uh, Stasny line out there with Glass and Theodore was fantastic. And they got, they got a lot of good scoring chances. Uh, nothing materialized on the night for the power play. Vegas went 0 for 3 on the power play on this night after a really strong start in the last few games. But it, it was good to see Glass not really miss a beat on the wing. You know, his, uh, the time that he's had on the wing has been limited. Again, he hasn't played that much wing since probably when he was in juniors at Portland. And 
he didn't even stay on the wing for that long. But it shows that the kind of work ethic that Glass has been putting in to uh, to stay on this roster, and if he can continue to be that playmaking uh, forward that Vegas needs on that line to kind of really get Eakin going, and you know, ed- eventually at some point you'd like to see Alex Tuck get going as well. Uh, that it's only going to make Vegas that much better. So again, a, a huge win for Vegas. Uh, very much needed um, going into Sunday's game against LA you know, Mark Stone is one assist away from 200 in the NHL Gerard Gallant is one victory from 250 in his career and the Vegas Golden Knights are three wins away from becoming the quickest franchise in NHL history to reach 100 victories I think I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but I think they're 30 games in the clear of the one who hold, of who held that record, which really tells you a lot about just how great this franchise has been for the past two-plus seasons now. And they continue to be really a model franchise, and they're proving it right now. But... Again, this is why they play 82 games, but Vegas did get a big win um, on this night against Calgary. And, you know, I think that what's going to help Vegas a little bit is not to say that Glass was any bad playing with Stone and Pacioretty. I don't think anybody would say that. he played. I think he played really well. But to get that stability with Stone, Stasny, and Pacioretty, I think is going to unleash that line to what we to what we saw in the playoffs last season. And I think that's what's going to also help get the Carlson line going. I think that's what's going to help get Eakins' line going. And if that fourth line can continue to even be remotely good like they were on on Saturday, Vegas is known for rolling four lines deep, three D pairs, and that that's how they've built their success for the last two years. And if they can continue to build off of that and make things happen, then I think they're in. Uh, I think they're in pretty good shape. But again, this is why they play eighty two games, and this is why uh, we also take injuries into account, which leads us to. Saturday or Sunday's game today with the Golden Knights on the on the Sega Baba, as I like to call it, the second game of the back to back. They will be at Staples Center taking on the Los Angeles Kings in their fifth division matchup to start the season out of six games. The only non division opponent they played was the Boston Bruins on Tuesday. But the Kings come to town. The Kings are coming off a 7-4 victory at home against the Nashville Predators, uh, which that kind of shocked me a little bit. The way that Nashville's been playing, L.A. just came in and dropped 7 on them. So more than likely, given how the back-to-back is set up for the Kings, there is a chance that Jonathan Quick may be the starter um, I believe Jack Campbell is still the backup. 
But if we look at how the Kings performed on Saturday night, and actually, actually, I'd, I'd like to acknowledge a mistake I just made. Campbell actually got the start and allowed four goals. So it will be Jonathan Quick for sure on uh, on Sunday. As for Vegas, I have no idea. It could very well be Mark Andre Fleury again, uh, given how Vegas structured Fleury's back to backs last year. It depended on the time of the next game, especially if Vegas had an early start or a late start. This one's a seven o'clock start, so short travel, plenty of time to rest. It would not shock me in the least if Flurry did get this game with Malcolm Subban uh, injured in day-to-day with a lower body injury. Um, Vegas did recall Oscar Dansk to uh, to play in the backup role if needed. So if anything, we could see Oscar Dansk make his, uh, his return to the NHL on Sunday against the Kings, where the last time we saw Oscar Dansk, play an NHL game he played three games uh won all three and then got hurt in New York and we never saw the man again this could be a very good chance to get Dansk back in there and to get Flurry some rest especially when it didn't really look like he was going to get or well let me rephrase that when it looked like he wasn't going to get any rest at all this week after Subban got hurt, and then he came in in the second and third period against Arizona and, you know, coming in cold, played pretty okay. Um, I think regardless of Subban's health, this is the situation where you knew that you were going to get Flurry to get some time to, to rest. Um, so I, I do believe we could see Oscar Dansk, and if not, Again, I would not be shocked just because of how Vegas handled the back-to-backs last year. So there is that. Um, but the Kings enter this game 2-2. Two and two, um, A much much more different team than they were last year. Obviously, the, the struggles were well-documented in L.A. But, you know, they come in, with, with, again, after a huge win against Nashville and you know, even though it wasn't Pecorino, it was UC Saros um, giving up all seven goals. Which, by the way, that that's another thing that's shocking. Why is UC Saros giving up seven goals? The man is usually much better than that. Um, but yeah, they're dangerous. The Kings are dangerous. Obviously, there's you still got to count for Brown, Kovalchuk, Kopitar, Carter. Toffoli can be dangerous. Ayafalo can be sneaky good, and there's still Drew Doughty. I mean, there there are a lot of there's still a lot of talent on this team. Whether they can put it together and make a run at the playoffs this year, because you know it really doesn't matter who gets to the playoffs. Nobody's beating the eventual 82 and 0 Edmonton Oilers the way that they're playing. So the Kings are going to be um, benefiting from a a big victory over Nashville, who. Nashville is now three and two, but they're coming in off off of a huge win. They're at home. <coughs> Excuse me. They have to get ready for a division game and possibly play a goaltender that has not played in the NHL level in two years. So this could be a very uh, 
It's going to be a very eye-opening moment for Oscar Dansk if he goes in. But again, I would not be shocked in the least considering how they handled back-to-backs last year uh, should Flurry um, get the start. But who's ever right about goalies anymore anyway, right? Because I, I sure as hell am not. Um, so we will be back tomorrow for everything related to what happens in this game tonight against the the Kings, uh, Vegas obviously c- could very much use a win, another division win before they welcome the the aforementioned Predators to T-Mobile Arena on Tuesday. So a very crowded day for Vegas. They get the three games in four days. Uh, they already have confirmed that they will be off on Monday, so no practice following the back to back. But then they come right back on Tuesday. Uh, at the morning skate, and then they get ready for the Nashville Predators, who apparently are already in Vegas. They are wasting no time. They do not need to be worrying about the uh, Vegas flu and what have you. So Nashville, the new-look Predators, are already in Vegas, and they will be taking on the Golden Knights on Tuesday. But before we get to that, we will break down uh, Vegas versus L.A. tomorrow and Hopefully Vegas can leave the Staples Center with a 4-2 record and kind of put everybody's uh, qualms and fears at ease, at least for one night. So that's going to do it for me today, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in. Again, please make sure if you haven't already to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me at DannyWebster21 and make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. So thanks again for listening, everybody. I am Danny Webster. You've been listening to Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, as we like to do, we'll let the nice chill music play us out. Have a good one, guys. See you later.